Hey, this is Danny Merritt coming at you one more again uh, from Victory Baptist Church, 144 Weldy Road, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, this radio station here, 106, for uh, letting us come on and preach the gospel. This is becoming a, a, a fading thing, uh, radio stations uh, allowing people to say the name of Jesus. Uh, there's one very popular radio station that, uh, not necessarily a station, but uh, it's a very popular radio program, uh, and it plays on a lot of stations throughout the United States, and I listen to it, I enjoy their music, but you never hear them say the name Jesus. Uh, you know, and, and to be able to say the name Jesus means a lot because what you you know there's a lot of gods in this world the the hindus have a million gods uh, uh but when you say jesus you're putting it down to a specific god you're putting it down to a specific set of commandments a specific way of living that you can live no other way except by the ways that jesus christ tells us to live and so this this station, you know, I listen to them all the time, and I just wish I could hear them one time say Jesus. Man, what an awesome, awesome tool that this this would be if this particular organization would say Jesus, would pray in the name of Jesus. Very few songs, very few of the mainstream popular songs say Jesus. Very few. There is some, but most of them, and I'm telling you I like them. I'm not dogging them. I'm not downing them. I, 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 I will tell you the truth. I do like the old hymns a lot, but I like the new stuff too. Uh, you know, I uh, to be honest with you, most of you don't know me, but I also DJ uh, a gospel radio station. And uh, Monday through Friday, uh, and, and I play songs, but on that station, they they let me freely preach the name of Jesus four hours a day. And, and that means a lot to me, and it means a lot for this radio station right here, that they allow people to come on the air and say the name of Jesus. And, and so I want to thank this radio station, and, and you know, I want, I want y'all to pray for this radio station, and and pray that it'll be profitable so they can stay on the air and they can continue to have great Sunday mornings uh, where, where men can come on and, and, and preach the name of Jesus. They can say his name. I've listened to almost all of the ones that preach on this station and they got some fine preachers that come on before me and after me a lot better than me. <laughs> I mean, there's some fine ones on here, but I thank you. Uh, for giving me these few minutes uh, that I'm allowed to have uh, to preach to you the name of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm going to be coming to you out of Luke, the 6th chapter, Luke, the 6th chapter. And we're going to start in verse 12, Luke 6, chapter 12. I'm going to give you talk for just a minute more because I always, always, always encourage people to follow along. With the man you listen to that preaches to you, don't ever listen to me or anybody else unless you write it down where they're at in the Bible and go back and check them or, 
or you follow along with them, make sure that the man that's preaching to you knows what he's talking about. Amen. Don't don't mess around there and just listen to anybody and think that they must be right because they're on the radio. They must be right because they stand behind the pulpit. They must be right because they call him a preacher. They, he must be right because he went to seminary. He must be right because he's called a doctor. Don't fall for that. There's many a devil in the pew. There's many of them got titles. Reverend, pastor, doctor. So know your word of God. And why do I say this? Because it's told to us in the Bible there will be many false prophets, false preachers. There's preachers that preach for money. So they don't tell you the whole truth. They're inspirational. They'll make you stand up and say amen. But they ain't going to call you out on your sin. So, so I, I care about your soul. I care about your well-being. I don't know your flesh. I don't know who I'm talking to. But what I do know is that the Bible tells me in the last days there'll be false preachers, there'll be false doctrine, they'll have people with itchy ears looking around to find a gospel that suits them. And that's not the Word of God. The Word of God is not designed to suit people. The Word of God is to tell you the truth, and you have to make a choice about that truth. You either choose to stay in sin, or you choose to repent and come up out of it. The Word of God is a sharp sword. The Word of God, it says what it says, it means what it means. So it's up to you. When you hear the Word of God, you either say, that's the Word of God, and I got to change, or you got to say, that's the Word of God, and I ain't going to listen to it. I'm going to keep being who I am. I am who I am, and I ain't going to change. Well, guess what? Matthew 25 talks about the goats and the sheep. See, the goats are them bullheaded ones that won't change. The goats are the ones that know the truth but won't, won't, won't surrender to it. Well, you'll have your place. Because it says, the Bible says he will separate the sheep from the goats. You see, the sheep give up their life for the shepherd. The sheep follow the shepherd. The sheep go wherever the sheep goes. Wherever the shepherd goes. If the shepherd goes in the valley, the sheep go in the valley. Even if they don't want to go in the valley, they know that the left, that the shepherd, Jesus Christ, is going to lead them. It don't matter if how bad it looks, but they know that Christ is with them and he'll never leave them and he'll never forsake them. And the sheep will trust in their shepherd. But the goats will do it their way. Oh, there's goats in the, in, 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 in the pulpit. There's goats in the pulpit that'll see the Bible counteract what they preach and they refuse to surrender. Too prideful to say, you know what? I've been telling y'all wrong. I had it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm just a man. So what they do is they choose never to preach that part of the Bible again. Amen. I want you to hear me now. You see, the gospel that is preached from behind the pulpit you're supposed to be able to preach anywhere in the world without changing a word. So in other words, if you preach a gospel that can't be lifted up and transported to a third world country or into a prison, then you have an American gospel. If you got to change the way you believe to fit another country, there's something wrong with your gospel. 
The gospel you preach must be the same on every continent to every man, whether he be poor, whether he be rich, whether he be in prison, whether he live in a straw hut in the jungle. It don't matter where he's at. You should be able to preach the same message to every man. If your message has to be changed, we need to learn to swallow our pride and change our message. For we are only men. We are only men. We make mistakes. But my goodness, when you make the mistakes, don't keep making them. That's what the beautiful gift of repentance is for. That's what it's for. As a leader in the church, whether you're a deacon, whether you're a, a, a teacher, whether you're the preacher, whether you're a, a, someone in the choir or the praise team, you as an example of leadership in the church, if someone sees you bold enough and brave enough to come out of your leadership role and say, I have made a mistake, I repent, please forgive me, and they see you surrender, do you know what you would do for those in the congregation that they too are too proud to surrender? You'll set an example. Because your pride ain't nearly as important as your ability to repent and turn from your sin. Sin separates you from God. You don't want to live in sin. I, 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 I've talked way too long for my time. I hope by now that you have either wrote down Luke 6, chapter 6, verse 12, because here we go. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, the, the Messiah, the anointed one, Yeshua, Jesus Christ had to pray to God and he prayed all night long. Oh, listen to me. When's the last time you've prayed all night? Have you ever prayed all night long? Where happened to all them, them prayer meetings where people used to get together and pray all night? What happened to the old-timey prayer meetings, the old-timey prayer times when we would get together and pray for hours or we pray for, for two or three hours together as the body of Christ? What makes us think we don't have to pray when the Son of God had to go into a mountain and he dedicated himself all night in prayer. Where are we at? Prayer is vital to your relationship. Prayer is more than a necessity. It's a commandment. It's a requirement. The, the, the God that created us has a son, his only begotten son, and all he wants us to do is to have an intimate relationship with his son. To pray to him, to believe in him, to trust in him. How hard is that? How hard is that to preach? How hard is that to believe? That's simple enough, a child can get it. That is the milk Fall in love with Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him. Learn to trust Him in the bad times. Pray to Him in the good times. Hold His hands when everything is good. And hug His neck when everything is bad. Reach out to the hand of God. Reach out to His Son and say, My God, I can't do this without you. Thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the mercy. Thank you for your love that's going to be with me through these troubled times. That's why Romans. Romans 5 says, I can rejoice in tribulation. 
Because I know at the end of tribulation I've already won. Because victory was won on the cross. So what if you're going through something and it kills you? Oh, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. What if you're going through something and someone sees you pray and they see that whatever was supposed to happen didn't happen? Oh, what a testimony unto the Father. What if someone seen you pray? You're planting seeds for them to pray. You got to pray. But listen to what he was praying for. He says, And when it was day, he called unto him his, twelve, his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter and Andrew, his brother, John and John Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon called Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James, Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. You see, he picked 12 unlikely men. Oh, he preached. He picked one that was a zealot, that was one that wanted to overthrow the government. He picked one that was a brawler, a cusser, a fighter, old Peter. He picked James and John that had, that had thunderous lips. They hollered and screamed like their daddy who was called, they was called the sons of thunder. He picked a rich guy that nobody liked, Matthew the tax collector. You know good well Matthew got a percentage of the taxes he collected. You know they didn't like him. He picked 12 unlikely men, but he prayed about them, about which he would get. He went up and prayed all night long. He didn't make a decision on the 12 that he picked. He prayed about it, and then he come down after prayer. So what should this teach us about prayer? That means you need to pray about some things that's going on in your life. That means you need to don't just to make a quick decision. Take some time and pray about what's going on. Pray about your finances. Pray about your relationships. Pray about whatever's going on in your life, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Pray about it and wait for an answer from the Lord. I promise you, He will answer. If you ain't heard Him answer, it's because you ain't got ears to hear. You ain't never did it before. So I pray. I pray that you learn to listen to that little small voice. See, you don't even know who that is talking to you. That little small voice that you always say, Something told me. That ain't a something. That's the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Ghost inside of you. You give credit where credit is due and you quit being ashamed. You start saying the Holy Ghost told me not to take this right up here on this road. The Holy Ghost told me to cut the oven off. The Holy Ghost told me that little something you've been telling people was a something that something's got a name. And it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's the comforter. Jesus said, I won't leave you comfortless. I will send you someone. And he did. And that something is the Holy Ghost that you've been listening to. Amen. Now I want you to think. The day you got saved. Jesus Christ. Allowed the Holy Ghost to go inside of you. You're born again. And you have a work to do. You have a job to do. You know if you hear me preach, I'm going to tell you go be a disciple. So you have power. You have God living inside you. Because we got 
The Bible says God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all three equal. So you have God the, the, the Spirit living inside of you to overcome any obstacle you are faced with. Are you going to sit there and, and, and tell me that God can't get you out of alcoholism? You're going to tell me that God can't take you out of this situation you're in? You're saying my God is too weak? You're saying my God ain't strong enough? Let me tell you something. If you're in a situation, it's because you want to be there. If you're into drugs and alcohol, it's because you still want them. Because my God can break every chain of addiction, every bond, everything that ties you down, everything that anchors you down. My God ain't never failed. He ain't never lost a battle. He ain't never lost a war. He ain't never lost one. He's never been in second place. My God wins at everything he does. He was victorious on the cross. He was victorious before the earth was formed. He'll be victorious after the earth is gone. It'll be victorious in heaven. My God has always been victorious. And if he hasn't had victory in your life, it's because you hadn't let go of whatever it is you want to let go. You hadn't let go and grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment. I'm telling you, you reach out for him and you surrender your life to him and you say, God, I give it up. I need you. I know a man that was in and out of, uh, of meth. He'd be at home one day live, trying to live with his wife and kids and be gone for the next month off on meth. Then he'd come home and go to rehab, and he'd be there for two or three days, run off from that rehab. Just a horrible, horrible situation for that wife and them baby girls. And one day, he, he, he sat down, he said, he told me, he said, Brother Danny, this is all I did. I sat down and I prayed, and I said, Lord, show me what other people see. He's been in and out of church his whole life. He just didn't have eyes to see. He said, Lord, show me. Show me. And I'm telling you, that man, I, I, salvation is of the Lord. I can't tell you if you're saved. The only person I know on earth that's saved is me. That Please don't think I'm bragging, but I don't know. Because salvation is of the Lord. That is not my job. To, I can't. I don't know if you say the Bible says that there's many that look like white washed sepulchers, but inwardly they they, they die. And what he's trying to say is, on the outside you look like a pretty new tombstone, but on the inside you stink like a dead man. There's a lot of people that look like good Christians, but in reality, inside their heart they're dead. They're not saved. They just they just living a lie. I, I, I'm telling you, I know a girl that when I first started going to this particular church for five or six months, she taught Sunday school. She sang up there on the stage. She sang like an angel. All the kids loved her. Then all of a sudden she missed church and she kept missing church and she kept missing church. And we ran into her at a store and asked her where she'd been. She said, oh, I ain't got to go to church no more. I'm off a of drug court. She was only coming to church because it was a place to go the drug court would accept. 
When she was finished with drug court, she quit coming to church, and just a few short months later, she was arrested and sent back to Rankin County. But if you would have looked at her, you couldn't have told, they couldn't, nobody has said, ain't no way that girl ain't saved. Listen to the way she talks. Look at the way she walks. Look at the way she dresses. Look how she, she so handles them kids so beautifully. Listen to how she sings. But she was doing it for the wrong reason. She wasn't no more saved than anything. I mean, there's no way. The Bible says once you have tasted the goodness of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's a lot of people that can proclaim Christianity. There's a lot of them that do it. But inside, they're, they're ravenous wolves. The Bible says you'll know a man by his fruit. You see, her fruit looked good for a while, but then all of a sudden, that fruit got sour. That fruit turned to thorns. And I promise, and all my heart, I hope that wherever she's at, she's repented and she's turned back to the Lord. I really do. And, and I don't know. Maybe she was saved all that time. Maybe she just slipped and fell. I don't know. But my goodness, I just don't see how you could look to be so close to the Lord, but inside be so close to hell. I just don't know. That, that, I don't know. I don't know. But look, I'm almost out of time, and I ain't even got near to about where I want to go when I've been chasing them old rabbits. But just listen to me. And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people all out of Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast, Jerusalem, I'm talking of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, he's talking to his twelve. He's talking to his disciples. He said, blessed be be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. Blessed are those that recognize their depravity, that recognize their nakedness, that recognize their drunkenness, that recognize they are the ones that stinketh, or they are the ones that are going to hell. Blessed are those that recognize they are poor in spirit because they recognize their spirit needs the Spirit of God. They need Jesus Christ. They can't do it on their own. They're weak. They're frail. They got to have Jesus Christ. We got to have Jesus Christ in this walk, in this thing called life. We got to have Him. You can't do it without Him. Apart from Christ, you are unclean. Apart from Christ, you have no righteousness. The only good thing about a human being is His faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only righteousness you will have. Blessed are the ones that recognize they got to have Christ in their lives. You have to be poor in spirit to recognize that. In other words, you got to realize just how bad of a sinner you was or how bad of a sinner you are to realize you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to, of God to get you through these things. By you got to understand this. You can't do it without prayer to Jesus Christ. You can't do it without Him living inside you. Oh, my, my, I'll never get through with this. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. 
Oh, we supposed to have a hunger and a thirst, right? We're supposed to have a hunger for the righteousness of Christ. We're supposed to have a hunger. We're supposed to want to. We, we can't wait to read the Bible. We can't wait to get to church. We, we, our heart's desire is to pray with people. Our heart's desire is to tell our testimony. Our heart's desire is, is to depend on Christ. Our heart's desire is, is to know. Is to know God. And his infinite wisdom, his manifold wisdom, to know that all different things went into getting you saved. It just wasn't just something that happened overnight. Your plan for you to be saved started before Adam and Eve. The book of Ephesians says it was before the foundation of the world. You know, we'll be in heaven for many years, millions of years maybe, and never understand God. A God. That lived for eternity behind us before we ever created. He lived in eternity in the past. Do you know how hard that is to wrap your mind around? I can't wrap my mind on living a million years going in the forward, let alone history and the history of eternity behind us. I can't figure that out. But you got to have that hunger. And when you get saved, you should have a hunger. And listen. When you have that hunger, you have, you, you're going to weep. You're going to cry. You're going to feel so bad about who you are and what you did. But, oh, joy, come in the morning. When you realize that your soul is saved, when you realize that, hey, check this out, I'm not going to hell. I, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He protects me. He keeps me. He holds me. He, 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 he pacifies me. He, he, he does, he got crucified for me. He died for me. He loves me. He puts mercy upon me. His grace covers me. His blood protects me. Oh, I, I, I weep for a day. I weep for a night. I weep for a week. I weeped. I knew I was bad. But guess what? I also, now I can laugh with joy because my strength is my joy in the Lord that I know Jesus Christ is for me. Who can be against me? Oh, I may weep for a while, and I did. And you know, every now and then, I don't know whether it be me or the devil, but sometimes I still go back, and I know I ain't supposed to, but sometimes I still go back to a time back when. I was that old man. I still go back to a time back when I did the things that I did. And I still cry and I still weep. I go back to my friend's grave. He got murdered. But he's one of the ones I did a lot of my drinking with. A lot of my fishing on the creek with. A lot of my hunting with. We, we, we killed a lot of 12 packs in our time. I go back and I cry for how stupid I was back then, the mistakes that I made. And the bad thing is, I knew better. A sinner, you can't blame him for being a sinner. A sinner's a sinner. He's never heard the word of God. But woe unto me because I knew the word of God. I was called to preach at age 12. I preached my first sermon at 14. I read the Bible all the way through in one summer of 86 or 85. I studied that Word of God and lost my way somewhere. I knew better. 
and I still did it. I know I deserve hell. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I should be the first one in line to go in that fiery pit. I know it. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to his son, Jesus Christ, that paid that price for me. He justified me. He took the penalty of my sins. How could I ever go back and be that old man again? Never do I see myself turning my back on the one that died for me. I made a vow the day I got saved. I would never be that old man again. I would never drink again. I would never cuss again. I never do dope, do anything, all that stuff. When I stood up from that altar, I made a vow. I even vowed, God, kill me if I break a vow. Take my life right then. I'd rather go to heaven today than fall astray from you again. When you live for Christ, you got to be consecrated. You got to be dedicated. You got to be you got to be a zealot. I believe in my heart you got to keep his commandments above everything else, above your buddies, the peer pressure, above your friends, those that cause you Bible thumpers, so what? So persecuted they the prophets, so persecuted they the Christ. You'll be in good company if you get persecuted. I believe we are to keep his commandments above everything else. To love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And secondly, namely as a first, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in so doing, you'll keep the commandments of Christ. Father God in heaven, we thank you, we love you, and we pray to you, Lord. Father, we ask for repentance that we may turn from our evil ways help us to repent from our mistakes and our sin and to turn to you. Father, thank you again for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you to all those who listen, Father. I only pray that, that they heard something from you, not what I had to say, but what you had to say. Father, thank you for this radio station and all those that work there. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>